to leprosy, that it begins as nothing. It's the perfect example of sinfulness. It begins small, it's painless in the beginning, it grows slowly, it comes and goes, but over time it numbs the senses and it causes decay and deformity, and ultimately it makes people repulsive and isolates them. On today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel shares that leprosy is a picture of what sin can do in your life. Starting small, seemingly insignificant skin lesions come and go, eventually growing and spreading, deadening the nerves and separating you from the community. If left unchecked, the small ways you push against God's plan for you will do the same thing. They'll grow, ending in pain, separation from God and others. Here's Pastor Daniel in Leviticus chapter 13 as he continues his message, Blemishes. One of the things that Christianity is all about, unlike every other religion, every other philosophy, is Christianity places the heart as the most important battleground, not the actions. Whatever your actions are, it shows what's in your heart. Yeah, like it's kind of like the idea, like I used to steal. And so people say, well, don't steal anymore. So you may stop stealing, but you still may have a covetous heart. And the reason you steal is because your heart is covetous. So you may not act on it, but your heart's still wrong. And the content of your heart is what you are judged for as you stand before God. So God is saying, look, I don't want you to steal, but I actually want to change your heart. Instead of making, giving you a covetous heart, I want to give you a generous heart. Not so that you don't covet, but your heart is giving so that the people around you may experience God's blessing. So the issue of leprosy, it's, it's one of the perfect examples of the human condition because leprosy begins inside and then manifests itself outside. It begins, it's an internal problem that has external effects. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. And that to me, like when I was researching religions before I became a Christian, that was the one thing that grabbed me about Jesus is Jesus wasn't going at the issues with my lifestyle. He was going at my heart that drove my lifestyle. And if you're here today and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, whatever your actions are that you don't like, rather than just being content with behavior modification, say, Holy Spirit, Reveal to me what's in my heart and change my heart. And I'd even go so far to tell you that the fact that you're even asking the question proves that God has already changed your heart. You're just learning how to be the new you. And you have a lot of history and repetitions of being the old you. But it begins inside and it works its way outside. And if you notice, as we read this section, the priest examines them, sets them apart for seven days. Does it spread? If it spreads, then you're unclean. You need to be put away because this is something that is spreading. It is communicable to people. But if it's not spreading, he's like, wait seven more days just to make sure. 
And then checked in again. Oh, it's not spreading. It's just a blemish. You're fine. So the concern is both the community at large and then the individual. And don't get me wrong. You say, oh, well, if somebody has leprosy, they're put out of the community. They are. Because sin separates. It does. You read in the New Testament about the idea of what we call church discipline or asking someone to leave the fellowship for the protection of the fellowship. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 5, and then again in 2 Corinthians 1. It happened in the church in Corinth. Now, I'm here to tell you as a church leader, I've been involved in what's called church discipline. It's never meant to be a punishment. It's actually meant to be restorative. You're saying, look, the community is more important than an individual. See, our culture hates that idea, doesn't it? It's like we live in a culture, the indiv- me as an individual is more important than my community. But God's heart is that for the people. And so what happens is, is God says, if one person needs to be isolated out so that everybody else is healthy, it's worth it. And so for the person with this leprous sore, he needs to, they need to be put out of the community because what good is to keep them in and see that infect everybody? Now, by way of application for us, in regards to people who are bad influences on us, I think it's important to remember that all of us are bad influences on each other in some way because no one's perfect. But we also have to be honest about people who what they are and what they do, if it wrecks your life and your faith, sometimes you have to say, I'm sorry, I I need to isolate myself from you. Because it's not worth it for their unhealthy influence to perpetuate my life. And that's, I don't, that's one of those things that when it happens, it's tragic. But sometimes it has to happen. We choose who we're influenced by. And sometimes we have cancers in our life. We have people who don't love us, don't love God, and just break us all along the way. And at some point you have to say, is it, God, is this really your will? I, I can still love them, but they don't have to do what they're doing in my life. See, don't miss that. You can love somebody and not let them ruin your life. You don't love them by letting them ruin your life. So there is this idea that when somebody could permanently hurt the whole community, they need to be isolated out. And it's interesting that God gave this responsibility to the very same people who gave the responsibility to stand before him for the people and the people for him. So what I always encourage people is that if you're dealing with some of those things, get the counsel of somebody who loves the Lord and has a good proven track record of having wisdom. Because a lot of times we can make these rash decisions. And don't get me wrong, pastors are as fallible as everybody else. Leaders are just as prone to mistakes as everybody else. When you have people who have proven track records, they have a good tendency to be able to give you some sound counsel and advice looking out for you. But, brothers and sisters, I think what we want to also remember in regards to leprosy, that it begins as nothing. It's the perfect example of sinfulness. It begins small. It's painless in the beginning. It grows slowly. It comes and goes. 
But over time, it numbs the senses and it causes decay and deformity. And ultimately, it makes people repulsive and isolates them. And don't miss that about sinfulness. See, and I've learned this in my life because I didn't grow up in church. I didn't, like, I wasn't like the perfect kid. I'm not the perfect person right now. My rebellion against God always grows slowly. It's slight. It comes and goes. But then ultimately, it isolates. It separates. It causes me to not feel anymore. Isn't that how sin works? First time you do it, you feel horrible. Second time... It's not a great thing. Third time, you don't even notice it, right? Isn't that how that goes? Because as we resist the Holy Spirit by not amending our ways and repenting and changing, the more we do it, it just becomes normal, just what I do. What was heartbreaking the first time becomes just a lifestyle by the third or fourth time. And that's why we always want to be in that place where we're saying, Lord, We are not playing around because when this rebellion blooms into a full growth, it will completely separate me from people that I love. If any of you have ever watched someone go into the throes of addiction, it always goes that way, right? It begins with playing around, then it begins with the beginning of personal disintegration, and then ultimately you don't even know who you're talking to anymore. What happened to that person? The person who I knew and loved no longer exists. And what's amazing is, is when we see it in something like, an, like addiction, which is so observable, it's easy to forget that maybe our version of that, it does the exact same thing, except it's respectable in our culture because it's not as destructive. Pride does the exact same thing as addiction. It's self-addiction. It doesn't look exactly the same but it still plays exactly the same. So we need to take seriously, take seriously the rebellion that begins small in our hearts. And I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loves to put his finger on that stuff for us. To say those convictions that we get because God is our father and he disciplines and chastens his own kids, not in an an unhealthy way, but in a loving and concerning way. When he presses on those things, we need to not resist them. We need to say, oh, yes, Lord. Because don't forget, no, Lord, is an oxymoron. You can't say no, Lord, and it actually mean Lord. If he's your Lord, you don't say no. So we need to lean into that. And brothers and sisters, listen, no one's perfect except for Jesus. And that's why he died and rose again. And if you're here today and you've been resisting the promptings of the Holy Spirit to change your ways, simply come back right now and say, okay, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. If you're down a road with this, with the leprosy of sin, just grab someone and say, hey, pray with me. I'm, I'm struggling. I always tell people, the distance between reconciliation and your life is just the ability to drag your sin into the light. And you know what the beautiful thing is? It's not really beautiful, but we're really all in this together because every single person in this room has got a sin nature that they struggle with. All of us do. Me, you, everybody. We all have it. And so when you come to someone and say, man, I'm really struggling here, they're not going to say, I can't believe you would struggle. We're in church. 
You know, holy people are here. No, no, no. Forgiven people are here. And forgiven people, God are make, God's making holy. Because we're dragging our garbage in the light. We're loving each other, praying for each other, encouraging one another. And as this process happens, it's like the people who came into the hospital who were sick now become the nurses and doctors. And we're all moving into sanctification and health and we're becoming holy simply because we're saying, yeah, oh, I got a cough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me pray for you. Oh, let me encourage you. How are you doing with that cough? Are you taking your medicine? Are you doing these things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then before you know, the cough goes away. Oh, I got pink eye. Oh, okay. I got pink eye. Okay. You know, and, just, and, and it's like, and, and it's like peeling back an onion. You get through one thing. There's the next thing. There's the next thing. I know what the beauty of it when we realize that we're all sick and we need a physician then we call on the name of Jesus. And we don't judge people who are going through all the different stages of becoming well because we're like, yeah, I'm there too. Oh, yeah, I'm there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Real well. Because we do know that one, if we're honest. And it humbles our hearts. There's never judgment. There's never, you should be past that right now. It's just, yeah, I need Jesus too. Yeah, let's pray. Let's walk together. Let me help you. I'll hold you accountable. Hold me accountable. That's the family of God. But brother, sister, don't take little things to be little because they never stay there. Those little rebellions, those little sins, they never stay little. They blow up. They always do. And if you got one that's in full bloom right now, Just drop to your knees and ask Jesus to help. And guess what? He will. He's not scared of it. When he died on the cross, he became that sin. And he took the punishment for that sin. That's the gospel. But it begins small. Now, look at what happens in verse 9. It says, When the leprous sore is on a person, then he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall examine, verse 10, him. And indeed, if the swelling on the skin is white and it has turned the hair white and there is a spot of raw flesh in the swelling, it is an old leprosy on the skin of the body. The priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall isolate him for he is clean. So as these things are given, there's also the concern that maybe before this all began, somebody had some sort of a communicable skin disease, a blemish. And if it's there and it's white and the hair went white, then the priest wants to take care of that as well. And so the beauty is it's not only newly erupting rebellions or issues, it's also the long-term struggles of our lives. See, I love that about the Lord. The Lord is not only looking to deal with what's coming up today, he also wants to deal with all the garbage in the past as well. And how many, no, all of us have long-term habitual struggles. We all do. Every single, you had it when you were younger, your parents instilled it in you, you did something when you were young and it opened a door and that door has always been open. God has the power to impact sins that we've committed our entire lives. I love that about the Lord. He's more powerful than our rebellion. And sometimes for some of us, we think this thing has been with me so long, it's never going to change. And I'm here to tell you, in Christ, everything changes. It's just a matter of how bad we want it. Are we willing to go to the lengths that's necessary? See, I'm always 
I'm always amazed at how much people will invest for things that seem so trivial and how little we will invest for things that are so important. And I think about all the hours people spend training. I think about Michael Phelps, how many hours he must have swam to win a bunch of medals. And I think about how little time I might be apt to spend on what feeds the abundant life in my life and the life of other people. Like, it's the middle of football season. Like, these men end up with concussions, ACL, MCL, broken legs. They train like crazy. They put their body through all these rigors for a game. And momentary glory. And we're apt to put so little energy into righting wrongs that impact eternity in our own lives. If you're here today and you're like, man, I got long term. This has been going on for a long time. God wants to deal with that as well. The old sins as well. Things that have been around forever. Let's let him deal with it. Now in verse 12. And if leprosy breaks out all over the skin, and the leprosy covers all the skin of the one who has the sore, from his head to his foot, wherever the priest looks, then the priest shall consider... And indeed, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him clean who has the sore. It has all turned white, he is clean. But if, but when raw flesh appears on him, verse 14, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall examine the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean. For the raw flesh is unclean, it is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh changes and turns white again, he shall come to the priest And the priest shall examine him, and indeed, if the sore has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean who has the sore. He is clean. Now, verse 12 and 13 is kind of weird, isn't it? It's like if if it goes everywhere, then he's clean. And the idea is, is that there are some diseases that would leave the whole body after a couple weeks and not continue. How many of you have ever had like an allergic reaction to a medicine and got hives? What happens? Breaks out everywhere, and then what? And then you get better. So within this, there's the provision for the fact that certain things happen, like uh, how many guys ever had poison ivy or oak? Nasty, right? It's everywhere, and then what happens? It gets better. Once it's everywhere, it can't go anywhere else, and it runs the course. So there's the provision for the fact that, listen, sometimes stuff happens, things happen, You're going to break out all over the place. It's going to go everywhere. And they're like, if it's everywhere, it can't continue to go. There's no more places for it to go. Give it a little time and they're going to get better. So it's interesting that even in the midst of this, it's already there. But notice if there's raw flesh, what it means is that if the, the rash is gone, but it's leaving the skin and the skin is still popping up fresh issues, then there's an issue. It's, it's reproducing itself, so to speak, on already tainted skin. There's a problem. So again, the issue is the fact that God is looking out for the well-being of the person and the well-being of the community. There are going to be times when blemishes happen. And there's sometimes you get a reaction, it's going to be everywhere, it's going to run its way through. It doesn't mean that you have to be isolated from the people, you just have to wait it out. Quite simple. Now verse 18, if the body develops a boil on the skin and it is healed... And in the place of the boil, verse 19, there comes a white swelling or a bright spot, reddish white. Then it shall be shown to the priest. And if when the priest sees it, it 
indeed appears deeper than the skin, and its hair is turned white. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore which has broken out on the boil. But if the priest examines it, and indeed there is no white hairs in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, but is faded, then the priest shall isolate him seven days. And if it should at all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot stays in one place and is not spread, it is the scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Now, the idea of boil, it's, it speaks for Job's affliction. And it was also, remember, it was one of the ten plagues of Egypt, the idea of a boil. It really speaks of a, a type of a raised inflammation of the skin. Now, I just want you to know, as we're going through this, I want to thank you guys for praying for me. I mean, I get to be dermatologist today. You know, it's like, it's amazing all these different, they were talking boils and this and that, and full body rashes. Got to love God's word, you know. But the idea here is that, again, there's going to be some times when a boil, some sort of a raised inflammation is going to happen. The question is, is it, is it skin deep or is it something deeper? Again, the white hair on the end of it shows that it's impacting the hair follicles, things like that. After you have a boil, there might be a scar. So, again, all of this stuff goes through. And the issue is, is it a heart condition? Is it a deeper issue? Or is it just something that happened on the skin? Because stuff happens. You might be cooking something and you burn yourself and you get a little raised pocket of skin because you burn yourself. And it's leprosy, is it? Well, they go look at the priest and say, oh, yeah, you got burned. Okay, we're going to watch you. Oh, yeah, everything's fine. Oh, you have a scar from it. Listen, we're not going to worry about it you got to realize that although it sounds primitive, this is actually quite deep. I was reading some articles by, by dermatologists and doctors looking at all these things and saying, although primitive compared to the language that we would use today, there's a, this is very specific ways to diagnose what's going on and is it something that will spread within the community. So in some ways you could say, this is the first medical journal that we have because God is concerned with keeping everybody healthy. So we have a boil. And you can see why it keeps being said it's a leprous sore, but all these look different. And that's why I said in the beginning that there's a good chance that that, the word that we use for leprosy is not only what we would consider classical leprosy, but it's all these different skin diseases because one hits the whole body, one pops up as a boil, one pops up as this, as that, one spot all over the place. It's all these different types, but they're all called the same thing. There's this sort of a skin ailment. There's an, there's an issue there. Jesus is real. Everyone has imperfections, blemishes. No one is perfect. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that God takes your imperfections very seriously, and so should you. You learn that even the smallest of sins can grow to overtake your life and have devastating consequences. Whether new or old, God wants to address all of the ways your heart is closed to Him. God longs to free you from the sin patterns in your life so that you can experience the freedom and hope He died to give you. Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's Word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more 
at jesusisrealradio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at crossroadschurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel finishes this study of Leviticus 13. You'll be reminded that God always makes a way for people to be cleansed of their imperfections and come back into the fellowship of the community. He wants to use the church to reach out to lost and hurting people, a tangible example of his love. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team and Pastor Daniel, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.